بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاه والسلام على رسوله سيدنا محمد وعلى اله وصحبه وبعد باب في في المسح على الخفين تفضل so before you start actually let's have a little chick chat with regards to this issue and uh, the idea is this is that Allah Ta'ala in his book he said uh, uh, he, he said ya ayyuhalladhina amanu إذا قمتم إلى الصلاة فاغسلوا وجوهكم وأيديكم إلى المرافق وامسحوا برؤوسكم وأرجلكم. So wash, wash your feet. The command to wash your feet is explicitly is mentioned in the Quran. So the the Hanafi and the Maliki madhab are madhahib of qawaid. Qawaid not in the qawaid fiqhiyah sense. But in the sense that there are, there are uh, tiers of, uh, there are certain tiers of privileged dalils that are privileged over others for, for, for reasons, right? Whereas uh, theoretically, although it's not practically true, and I'm not really someone who should be talking about other people's madhab, but in the athari methodology, right? If you have a hadith, the Prophet said it, so it should theoretically just, that's it. It's end of story, and even in uh, you know in theory in the Maliki school and Hanafi school, in theory that's actually a solid line of reasoning. The problem is this: is that the the uh, hadith of the Prophet sallallahu even though if he said it, it's basically as solid as the Quran itself. The transmission of it is not trans is is not as solid as the transmission of of the uh, of the uh, of the uh, the Quran. So uh, there's the idea of Dalala and Thubut. In Dalala, both the words of the Prophet ﷺ and the Qur'an are the end of story, right? Whereas in Thubut, the, the, the Mutawatir hadith of the Prophet ﷺ and the Qur'an are a tier that are privileged over the, over the uh, uh, one-off uh, narrated or single-chain narrated hadith of the Prophet ﷺ. And so uh, we have this issue here now when we get to uh, these types of matters, like wiping over hoofs, which is that the commandment to uh, wash the feet is is mentioned explicitly in the Quran, and uh, the exception to it is 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 documented by a lower tier of of dalil, um, or at least in theory, and so this issue of the mashal al the validity of wiping over over hoofs, um, it actually does reach the had of tawatur. And that's why the fuqaha accept it. Maybe the 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 uh, atharis would have accepted it, but, and the fuqaha wouldn't, except for it, it reaches the had of tawatur. So this is actually one of those things that, like Imam Shafi'i, Allah Taala have mercy on him, you'll find that he has a number of opinions on 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 many issues. There's a madhab qadim, madhab jadid. Sometimes there's more than more than that in terms of his. He has different opinions in his lifetime. Malik Malik and Abu Hanifa, it's not as common. It's there, but it's not as common. This is one of the issues in which Malik basically changes his mind. He resists uh, uh, accepting the validity of wiping on the hoofs until later in his life when he's uh, convinced that this is narrated through so many chapters of, uh, so many, sorry, through so many narrators uh, as if to uh, give it the, confer the status of Tawatur to it uh, and preclude the possibility of mistake or lying or conspiracy. <coughs> 
Um, uh, and so, you know, there, there's basically it, it, the Mashal al-Khufayn, uh, even though it's discussed in the fiqh books and it's properly a fiqh issue, it's mentioned in the books of Aqidah. Uh, it's mentioned in the Tahawiyah wa Naral, Mashal al-Khufayn fi safari wal hadari kama or fil hadari wa safari kama ja'a fil athari. It's actually mentioned in the Tahawiyah and people find it strange. Why is this being mentioned in the Tahawiyah? The reason is because the the, the transmission of the validity of wiping over khufs is uh, so wide that um, it becomes a point of aqidah to accept it. It's because mutawatir, something that's mutawatir and something that's a point of mutawatir, mutawatir hadith becomes a, a dalil along with what's in the Quran. It becomes a dalil not only in the uh, in the maidan of fiqh but also in the maidan of aqidah. So that's one thing to understand about this. The second is that it is an exception, however. It is an exception to the rule. The rule is what? You have to wash your feet. This is an exception. And so for that reason, piyas uh, uh, um, is not really a thing we do here. So people will will ask about, well, you know, you can wipe over hoofs. Does that mean you can wipe over socks? No, it doesn't. Why? Because you qiyas analogy is made on a rule. Analogy is not made on an exception. And so the uh, narration with regards to the permission to wipe over hoofs is just for that. It's for hoofs. The word khuf means something different than jorab. Jorab means sock. They mean, they mean two different things, right? They mean different things. Shoe is, has a different word in the Arabic language. So we make analogy on what? We make analogy on the rule. We don't make analogy on the exception. Now there is a qawl in the Hanbali Madhab that allows wiping over socks because of uh, a, 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 a couple of, a handful of hadiths that are narrated with regards to the permissibility of, of wiping over socks. However, according to Malik's uh, uh, and Abu Hanifa's methodology, those hadith are disputably sahih at best. They're disputably sahih at best. They don't reach anywhere near what we need for tawatir. Now, in their usul, in the Athari usul, that may or may not even be a big deal. Whereas in the in the Maliki usul and the Hanafi usul, um, this is not, it doesn't pass muster. Um this is one of the things I think a lot of uh, a lot of uh, because in the I, my understanding is the fatwa position of the three madhabs the Shafi'i and Han, Hanbali sorry the Shafi'i and the Hanafi and the Maliki school is that it's not valid to wipe over socks um, because of that uh, 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 you know uh, I, I would not I would not feel comfortable giving the dispensation uh, to a person who asked for it however however uh, it would be academically dishonest if I mentioned that the opinion didn't exist amongst the Hanabila. There are some people who try to backwards engineer it for the Hanafis, and uh, I, I, I find those those types of whatever Islam QA type fatwas to be laughable. Um, and sometimes they actually misquote sources and do all these things. The fact of the matter is in the Hanafi school, the type of socks that, 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 that a person can wipe over are the ones that are in description similar to khufs. So what is the definition of what a khuf is? The khuf is a type of footwear that the Arabs used to wear. Um, and I suspect it's not just the Arabs. I think it used to be popular in, you know, in antiquity and in, in, the mid, in the Middle Ages as well. It's essentially a shoe that doesn't have a sole. Not like, like you heartless bastard, you have no soul. Not that, but like, that, like the hard part of the, the underside of the, 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 the shoe, right? Um, so it's hide all around. And uh, uh, that's one of the things I watched, like someone sent me a link to like a medieval 
like some medieval enthusiast like YouTube page or whatever. And so he mentioned that like, why is it that in all of the, the pictures, they're always like lurched forward when they're walking. They actually used to walk like that because, uh, you know, when you have a soul, you can step on a lot of things. It's not going to hurt your foot. Whereas if you're walking with something like a hoof, you know, if you step on something sharp, it will still hurt and it will still ruin your, your foot gear. So you had to kind of feel the ground a little bit before, before, before stepping on it. And so he argued that that gate, even though it looks awkward to us, it was probably more natural. Uh, but whatever, that's like not what we're talking about right now. But the point is, is this is that the 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 hoof is this type of footgear. It's like a shoe without a sole, and uh, um, it has, according to the fuqaha, three uh, three characteristics. One is that it holds its shape; it doesn't crumple up like a sock. Um, the second is that if you drip water on top of it, drop by drop, the water will not get inside. Uh, it's different than saying that you can submerge it in water. If you submerge it in water, water will get inside because it's stitching and things like that. But the, the the material is thick enough that the water won't get into it. And the third the third is that a person should be able to walk three miles in it and it doesn't like rip apart. Malik, rahimahullah ta'ala, uh, uh, amongst the fuqaha, he, he gave it a fourth uh, a sifa adjective as well, which is that they, that they, uh, um, that they have to be made out of hide. That they have to be made out of hide because the Arabs didn't used to have hoofs except for they were made out of some animal hide. Um, and the others, the others didn't keep that, didn't keep that condition. Um, but uh, 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 that's what a hoof is. It's not a sock. It's not a shoe. It's not a boot. It's not sandals. What are, you know what I mean? It's it's a, a thing. You can get them. Um, the, probably the best place to get hoofs in the entire world is Rywind where the Tabli Marquez is in, in Pakistan. You can get them custom made and things like that. I don't see a whole lot of places actually like doing, you know, doing that anymore. But, uh, uh, you know, if you, you know, if you want to get a pair of hoofs, you can find your local friendly Tabli Jamaat, uh, 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 you know, like supply dealer. And they'll probably be able to get you, get, get you a proper set of hoofs. Even then, the leather is very soft. What I imagine that the old hoofs were, they're not like these ones that they have like zippers and things like that on them right now. Um, rather, it was essentially like some sort of rawhide boot that has no, no uh, what you call sole in the bottom. Go ahead. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, 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 so, how how does this whole hoof thing work? The way it works is that a person has wudu, they've washed their feet amongst all the other washings of wudu, and they have a valid wudu, and then they put the hoofs on. Now, when they have the hoofs on in valid wudu, yeah, so if uh, uh, if that person that did like what we just mentioned, if their wudu breaks, then they're, they do the rest of the, the upper part of the wudu, and when it comes time to the feet, they just wipe over their feet. And he'll mention how the, the feet are wiped later. Go ahead. Yeah, so uh, um, the idea is what? Uh, 
is that the way the wiping works is that your hands are somewhat moist with the with the water and then you just grab the grab your foot from the top and the bottom and you can go from front to back or you can go from back to front depending on what makes sense for you uh, um, uh, because people used to walk in the desert with their hoofs. Um, one of the interesting things about the Maliki Madhab is that Malik, so the other Madhab have Tawqeet, so like the Hanafis, I think you can pray five prayers with one, with, with one hoof session, after which you have to take your hoofs off and then wash your feet in the next wudu. And they extend that to three, 15, three days uh, if you're traveling. Malik said there's no Safar Hadar, there's no time limit. Um, uh, there's no time limit and uh, it's interesting the Sharhman al-Athar Imam Tahawi's like masterpiece like sledgehammer of the Hanafi Madhab he actually oftentimes will bring a delil for the against the Hanafi Madhab that's like pretty hard to argue against you know it's really good it's, it's a really wonderful book I mean you can tell the old mashaykh were not trying to like you know what I mean? They're not trying to gather uh, Twitter followers or whatever. They're actually trying to like discuss and figure stuff out. So one of the things I remember from, and if I hadn't read it, I would have not have known. I haven't seen it in any Maliki book, right? So he mentions that Sayyidina Umar radiallahu anhu came from Iraq all the way to Medina. And he, he mentioned that I, I'd been wiping over the same hoofs like the entire trip. So I imagine coming from Iraq to Medina takes more than three days back in the day. It's a long time. Uh, um, the point is, is what is that he doesn't consider there to be uh, any time limit. At any rate, if a person uh, if a person has the um, the the foot in with wudu, then they wipe like that, and you can wipe from the front to the back or from the back to the front, depending on what makes sense. If the person, like for example, the way the stitching is, right? The point is, you don't want the wipe to end where the where the stitching is, because then the water might go through, and that'll just be annoying. So he says you can wipe from front to back, back to front. Now, interesting, the uh, um, the other madahib, they have this thing where they, they say that, that you just wipe the top of the hoof, right? So Malik says you type wipe the top and the bottom. The other fuqaha, they're like, wow, that's really weird. Uh, Maliki madhab, subhanAllah. Okay, good for you. But just remember that you may see that nobody else does this and you're the only one who does it. There's a lot of things like that. I just came back from Umrah. Nobody else makes istilam of the Rukhani Yamani. What are you going to do? Uh, 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 one time, a gentleman from uh, one of our beloved Arab countries, uh, 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 in in very eloquent fusha, you know, as if he was, the, as if he was like the mutanabbi of the mataf, he said, "Haji mafi istilam huna," and and then I then I, I looked at him and I said, I said, I said, "Unzur al wajhik ya halak al lahya," and uh, he looked at me and he got scared and ran away. Uh, uh, so, and I probably shouldn't have done that. That's probably like bad adab in the mataf and stuff like that. You know, alhamdulillah, we do so many dumb things and we don't get struck by lightning. It's another, another, another page in like the, 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 the chapter of Allah Ta'ala's mercy. I said, I said, I said, you look clean shaven guy. You're going to tell me like how to make umrah now. Like, and then he looked at me and he's like, uh, maybe we don't want to talk to this guy. It's funny. It's funny. Cause I, I dress, I dress like a desi, right? I walk around like a desi, and I'm and, and when I'm in Hajj, at least I have like this Turkish topi. It looks a little more imposing. I have like the desi topi as well when I'm there. So the people say stuff to you, and they don't think you even understand what they're saying, you know. And then when you respond to them in proper Arabic, then they're like, "Oh my God, let's just move along." Uh, uh, 
which is fun, fun times. Ummah is fun. Ummah is fun. <laughs> okay, fun Ummah story. Completely or mostly irrelevant to wiping over hoofs. One time I went to Hajj, okay? And we had a, a group from, from a, a, a huge group of Yemenis that we were basically like in the same tent with in Arafat from Detroit. Okay, this huge Yemeni community in Detroit, right? So their imam is a really nice guy. Uh, he's the imam in the in, in the, the Dix Road Masjid. Uh, 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 his name is uh, Sheikh Hamoud. He recites Quran wonderfully. Really, really nice guy, right? So he, <laughs> you know, the Yemenis basically ran the show. They could have overpowered it if they wanted to, but he was a nice guy. He called all the different imams and said, let's make a program for how we're going to spend the day in Arafat together. So we should have one bayan in, in Arabic, one in Urdu, one in English. And then the Arabic one should be translated into the other two languages. All of them should be translated into all of the languages, right? So they picked, they said, okay, you know, you do this, you know, you, you do the Arabic ban. You just, so they picked me to do the English ban. Then uh, they're like, okay, who's going to translate now? So when it came to asking who's going to translate Urdu, okay, their Somali uncle said, I'll translate into Urdu. <laughs> and, uh, uh, you know, I was like, wow, you know, like, Okay, cool. I go tell you, this is interesting. Tell me more about this. You're going to translate into Urdu. He said, I studied in Banuri Town, uh, uh, Madrasa in Karachi. I said, okay. I go, did you graduate from there? He says, no, I only studied for four years. Then I got a, a scholarship to go and study in a, 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 in, a, in, a, in a university in an Arab country. And then I regretted it when I got there and I wanted to go back to Banuri Town. And I said, okay, he actually probably did study in Banuri Town then, you know. So uh, uh, one, uh, uh, one young man, good young man. Uh, he, he's like, he's like, do you even know Urdu? I'm like, shut up, his Urdu is better than yours, man. <laughs> and like, you know, I'll be, I'll be darned. I was giving ban in, in English, and this Somali uncle, whose English was pretty good too, he is simulcasting my ban in, in Urdu. And the fun part is not that this was weird, but this is what the history of our ummah is. This is how our ummah has always been. So, mashallah. So, it's, it, it's, it's sad that we're shielded, we're mahjub from this now. Uh, uh, otherwise, this is how, how our ummah has always been. Uh, so, anyhow, the, if you see people, the point is, if you see somebody and they like look at you weird for like wiping the bottom of the hoof, yes, you heard right. Malik said you wipe the top and the bottom. And they probably followed their own madhab, inshallah. Allah Ta'ala keep them happy you just keep doing what you're doing go ahead okay so so uh, the point is is this yeah go ahead just finish it actually I'm sorry go ahead so the, 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 the last thing he mentions is, I mean, he mentions a little bit more, but we already covered it. Um, the last thing essentially functionally that he mentions, inshallah, before we break for Salat, is that um, if you have, if the khuf is dirty, if it has dirt on it or it has like animal dung or something like that on it, don't just wipe over the like nasty dirty hoof because you don't have to wash it. Get rid of the disgusting stuff first, even if you have to wash it. Then wipe over it, uh, which hopefully should be common sense, but common sense is not so common after all, is it?
وصلى الله تعالى على رسوله سيدنا محمد وعلى اله وصحبه اجمعين